Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is pod.com We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them We talking about life and life to stream right to you From the microphone right to your home, dude Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo Cause there it is Welcome to the There It Is Podcast, a comedy podcast for creators of any variety. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for listening. You can listen to old episodes on iTunes and SoundCloud, and you can go to thereitispod.com and read up on old episodes and other things in the blog section. You can also donate and support the podcast so you can deal with your there-itis. The only cure for there-itis is more There It Is Pod. Well, folks, I say in the intro, this is a comedy podcast for creators of any variety. And what I mean is, if you create anything, even if you're outside of the comedy world, I think you can learn something from our guests who are mostly working in the comedy world. It's like you can look at a TED Talk and you're going to learn something, even if you're not in the field of that person. And I think that's because once you get a peek into someone else's work ethic, it gives you an idea of what your work ethic should look like. That's a very valuable thing that you can take from every episode of the There It Is podcast. And I think today's episode is another great example of that. Today's guest is Vanna Dabney. She's an actress, a comedian, a writer, and she is great. She's super funny. She currently works at Conan in the casting department. We talk about that. We talk about other things that she's been working on, her sketches, and that she's from South Carolina, just like me. Here's my chat with Vanna Dabney. I can talk to you about a ton of stuff, but one thing I definitely want to talk about is that you are from South Carolina. Yeah, I know. I was about to ask. Yeah. Yeah. I am from Columbia, South Carolina. Where are you from in South Carolina? Spartanburg, Greenville. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I lived in both. Uh, before moving up to New York, I lived in Greenville. But I was born and raised in Spartanburg for most of my childhood. Yeah. And what was your experience like there? Because, I mean, South Carolina is fine. It's its own thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I lived in Raleigh in my, like, little kid years in North Carolina, and I was, like, one of a few black kids. And so when I moved to Spartanburg in 1990, I went, yeah. uh, the school I ended up going to was, like, half black kids. So I instantly felt better. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Just like not, I wasn't like I, I think like fourth grade. I was the only, no. There was one other black student in my my classroom, and then fifth grade there were two, maybe three other kids in my class. Whereas in Spartanburg, uh, there were a ton of Asian kids and a ton of black kids, and you know a handful of Hispanics, and it just felt more like oh, okay, people who are similar to me are here in droves <laughs> so yeah yeah well, yeah that's kind of a strange place like that yeah yeah so that was that was my experience in south carolina was kind of like okay i'm not the only one here but it's still like no it's no new york <laughs> no oh god no yeah i remember yeah leaving i mean because I, I i went to a high school so i felt really that only had like a little bit of diversity like um two or three African-American people and like not even, I don't think I knew a Jewish person else. I don't know. It's crazy. Like it's just nuts. It's so different from the world 
I yeah. have today, you know? <laughs> right. You're so ex- yeah, because it gets so fucking boring, really. Which is a lot of white people, I'm going to be honest. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> so you were in, were you in Columbia your just whole life? Or, like, what was your yeah, Columbia story? I was, yeah, I was born there and, yeah, was there until I was 18. And then I went to Emory in Atlanta for school. Um change. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Atlanta was great though. Like I just, I really, it was. Cause I really wanted to move to New York, but I think it was a middle ground of being like not too far away, but also a big city, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I really enjoyed it there. And that's when I like, I think, because for a while when I was growing up in South Carolina, like there wasn't a lot of. I don't know, do you have much comedy at all around you? Like a much of anything. You know, as- Honestly, I was able to be a part of some comedy scenes there, but when you were, I don't know when you moved out of South Carolina, but I'm not sure how much comedy was really going on. Yeah, I know. It was just like, I think it was rare. I remember writing down, like I found a thing when I was 16 and I wrote down like, I want to be a comedy writer. And it just seemed like it was a secret kind of, you know what I mean? Because I just didn't <laughs> yeah. feel doable thing. And my parents were like, you're going to do business or Right. Like they were about it, but they were like, just do something like you're good at and it's safe. Um, did you do any comedy in South Carolina when you were there? I, I didn't. I did theater, which was the closest we had. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, have some artistic I thing. Know and that I like Columbia grew to have a comedy scene there, and there are a lot of comics that are there. Some. Isn't that crazy? That it's yeah. so different. I'm sure there were some when I was there, but like at that point, I didn't. It's way harder was, to find. Yeah, it and, was. And I, I don't think I had the guts yet to be yeah. like, I'm going to go find comedy stuff right now, you know? Yeah. And but before my, 2009 in Greenville, there wasn't really anything yeah, going on yeah. either. I was, yeah. And so when you were, yeah, Greenville's got a scene now. Like I was, yeah, reaching out to people there and they're like, yeah, just if you want to <laughs> do comedy when you're there. And it's so nuts to be able to maybe do comedy when I'm back in South Carolina again. It's crazy. Yeah, um, I mean, it would be great if you had that opportunity because there are plenty of places now. I mean, yeah. there's Alchemy Comedy, there's No Expectations Comedy doing stuff in Greenville, and there's Theater 99 uh, in Charleston. So, you know, like, yeah. really great places in South Carolina that you can hit up, and uh, I'm glad I got my start there. I know, that's awesome. So you started in Greenville. there in Greenville. I'm so sorry. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, then how did you transition to New York? And like, did you feel like I'm confident and I can do this now? And like, I understand some basics. I, I can... did, yeah. I mean, I met Sarah Schaefer years ago and I got to open for her. And she was like, you're funny. And if you were in New York, people would say, oh, he's from South Carolina. He, he's actually funny. You know, like that's, she didn't say it like that, but she was yeah, saying like yeah. people in New York, like the whole thing when you go to the big city is kind of like, who is this person? And they would, and she said that they would say, you're actually funny. And, um, they, she also was like, you know, it's good to get started and get your feet wet here. So that was kind of my idea. I ended up right. staying there tons of years, uh, after starting, but, yeah. um, I transitioned to New York. Good. That's awesome. And then, yeah, the scene there is a whole new <laughs> animal. Whole new ball but, game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of wish I'd had that experience. I, I mean, to doing it, because even Atlanta has a big scene now. I think it did somewhat when I was there, but I just wasn't ready. It took me a while to, like, I always won't know I wanted to do it. And then it just took me a while to get the guts to do it. You know what I mean? Like, unless yeah. someone around me was doing it or 
you just become really brave one night or like at an open mic night. It's hard to to just step out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember one time, like in when I was in high school, I went to like this thing, Girl State. Did you have, you have Boy State and Girl State? Did you know about that? It's like a, I've I don't know. I've heard of it. I don't know much about yeah. it. It's a summer thing and they just bring people from schools. Like they separate the girls and the boys and they're like, learn about government and like, so you run for governor within your little like girl town. It's it's strange and it's but Very, yeah. <laughs> it was a terrible night and I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do stand up. I'm just gonna do like Mitch Hedberg set, you know? <laughs> like I don't know what I was thinking, but then the last minute I was like, no, I can't. I'm not gonna do that. Like what am I doing? But that was the closest I did to starting it, you know. And I wouldn't yeah. have, I didn't have the material, but that was like, I can at least like do some of his jokes and be like attribute him and just. But I just didn't have. Yeah, guts then. But I always knew like that's what I kind of wanted, you know, to do. But I feel like I was a more shy person than most stand-ups I knew. But then Mm -hmm. I realized now that like there's plenty of places for that. Or, you know, like just being yourself can be fine. You don't have to be a huge personality to be. Yeah, honestly, when I had a very similar experience when I was in like junior high or something, and I would always want to cut up and joke around with people. In more like one-on-one settings, but yeah. uh, and they would say stuff like, "Oh, you should do comedy." But I thought the same thing. It was like, "I'm not like Robin Williams. I don't have this big personality or a a shtick that I would yeah. do." And I falsely realized. I mean, I falsely falsely believed that you had to have that in order to do it, and you don't really like. You could just go up there and have your observations. Yeah. <laughs> like okay good I can do that like um but yeah and I still find myself being like I wish I had more of that personality type but then it's like yeah you have to embrace it more and more and the more you get into your own voice the easier it becomes versus you know trying to mm-hmm. compare yourself with someone totally different um but yeah it was I know I, mean, I watched like a lot I think my comedy I don't know um education was just watching Seinfeld over and over with my parents but mm-hmm. like so I was like I can relate to Seinfeld's type of comedy made sense to me and it was more logical and like I mean granted he was like I he's still a great personality too you know but it's more like he was more the logic and like the analyzing of of observations and small things and I was like oh okay I can like I can handle like observing things in my own life and like not the same scope as him but I'm like okay I can like relate to that and so I feel like that was such a big and yeah my dad like would tape them every time like every time they were on and (laughs) We just had this big drawer of Seinfeld, you know, like it could be the same one over and over, but whatever, whatever's played in syndication. Yeah. So like that was my training. Of, okay, that's what com- like comedic voices can sound like. And, but yeah, that was like my big education and like, and, and I basically, I just loved, yeah. And I still do love Seinfeld, but you know what I mean? It feels yeah. like it's definitely evolving into like different types of comedy. He's still, I mean, he's still crazy good. It's nuts. Anyway. Yeah, I had that same experience with Seinfeld as you did, of just loving it and learning so much about it. A big part of my comedy education growing up was that show. And yeah, uh, right. and Larry Sanders' show, I would say, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, like kind of similar vibes. Well, not vibes, yeah. but... <laughs> yeah. No, it, I mean, it, it's a similar world of... And it, it was felt different at the time of... But it's Larry Sanders especially. It was such a you know, revolutionary show, and you're like, oh, this is amazing. And so you felt like you, especially in South Carolina, like a lot of people weren't watching necessarily like Larry Sanders or right. even when like Herb came out. And like, so I was like, oh, I feel really cool, and like I'm finding something new here. <laughs> um, 
but also I watched this like there was a I was into theater so um I was just reading a bunch of plays and trying like and Neil Simon has a play laughter on the 23rd floor mm-hmm. and it was basically about writing on Sid Caesar on the Sid Caesar show yeah. and I was and then there was a Showtime movie about it like like basically adapting the play with Nathan Lane as Sid Caesar and like but basically, I was like, I want to do this. Like, these people are so funny. And then there was one woman in the writer's room, and I was like, I want to be that woman. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that was like, a really cool thing to see. I mean, granted, it was exaggerated and it wasn't real, and that like that version of it. But just to be like, okay, you can have a job where you just sit around and like make snide comments, like I do, and, and work on jokes and like you know be funny. And like, so it just felt like, okay, I can, I want to do this. And um. It took me a while to get there and like have the guts to go for it, but mm-hmm. I remember seeing that and then like watching that movie all the time over the years and being like just to reinvigorate myself. <laughs> it's like a small Showtime movie, but it was I recommend it. It's really good. And so you got that courage to go do it, and then uh, I assume you did some in college or maybe when you got out of college. Yeah, from college I went to LA, mm-hmm. um, and then that's. Like just to just to try, I kind of wanted to go to New York after, but then I ended up going to LA just because I felt like that was a more it's more possibilities to get a job in you know film and television. So, mm-hmm. um, and then there I started doing like UCB classes, and I was like, okay, I can I can do like try improv and work on that. And uh, I had friends who were really into it with me, so it was nice to have that. And yeah, so I went through the whole program over the years and. For, for me, like, that helped my confidence a lot and, like, it helped my ability to, um, like, learn about writing, too, because it's, it's so much, like, you have to just go up there and learn about game and learn about, you know, being grounded and figuring out what that funny thing is really fast and hit it and how to, like, you know, escalate and how to have a button. It, just, it was everything I needed to do for, like, writing and, like, learn about writing. But yeah, and it helped with like just the confidence of stand up. And I met a lot of people there who were helpful, you know, to be like, okay, I, I want to do stand up too. Let's go up and do shows. And yeah, so a few years after that, my, my friend Deidre, who was in the class with me, who I do like videos with now, mm-hmm. I've uh, heard of her too. she, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, she's Deidre Devil and she's great. And she like we're we're like we connected well in the class, and we were kind of opposites in a way. Like she's a lot. Like, you know, bigger and louder and, like, fearless and not, and awesome. And then I'm more, like, grounded and want to be, like, the straight man of the, of the crew. And uh, <laughs> she was like, why don't we just do stand-up? Like, let's go to open mics. And so we just, like, pushed each other and would just, you know, be accountable. So that really helped me get out of my shell just to have her there and be like, okay. Like, she um, knows we can do this and I can, okay, I'll do it. And so I had stuff written over the years, you know, like you kind of secretly write and you're like, Oh, that could be something I did this. So I had, yeah. And I had luckily like a good experience my first time. Um, it was a small open mic night at like a Hollywood hotel here, which is a cool, like venue. it's like in the, in the basement of a hotel. And yeah, I remember like going, what it wasn't like amazing where you're like just getting, but you're getting enough laughs to be like, okay, like I can do this again. You know, like had some encouragement. Yeah, enough to be like, okay, there's something there, and and then of course, yeah, it never goes like like that all the time. But you have enough to keep you going. Otherwise, if you didn't have that, like, I think I would have just like maybe <laughs> been like, I don't want to do this that much if I didn't get anything from it. But right. um, yeah, and then just develop it every night. Like for a while, we really went hard, and 
that's what you needed. And then I just started doing real shows from open mics just by like, you know, meeting people or just, it's so much just showing up and being like, Oh yeah, I do comedy too. Okay. You want to do my show? I'll do, yeah, I'll do yours kind of thing. And then, uh, yeah. So that was, was really cool. And like finding your voice through that. And like, I think I, it's a lot of the UCB stuff is of being really grounded and being in yourself. If you like, you're, you don't have to be a character. You don't have to like, that was really helpful for me. Cause I could mm-hmm. just be like, Oh, I'm going to be myself on stage. I'm not going to be like, you know, maybe like a little bit more, neurotic or a little bit more like you know like just talkative because i have to just talk about this stuff but (laughs) yeah otherwise like i can be myself and be like and people can meet me halfway almost and be like do you understand like you know what i'm going through and here's an observation and i'm still trying i mean it's still like an ongoing thing of finding your voice but i feel more comfortable at it and being like okay like this is and getting feedback from people and being like okay this is how i kind of see you and this is and so it's helpful to like guide that um, but yeah, I started and I, for a while I didn't do it as much cause I was writing more, but now I'm getting back into it. It made me like, I don't know. I just, I did a show the other night and it felt like this felt really good every time I do one. And I'm like, I just going to do it all the time now. So, um, and then I recorded yeah an EP I'm going to eventually put out, but, um, <laughs> which was, it was really fun. Like it was just a good thing to have a deadline and be like, I have to do this and I'll put my yeah. jokes, um, and get them in really good shape. And so that was a really good, I recommend that if you're doing comedy, like even if you're not, don't feel ready, like just have a deadline of something you have to record or someone has to listen, you know what I mean? So even mm-hmm. if it's stuff, you have to put it out, but it gives you some goal to be like, I have to at least seem, I guess it's together by then, you know? Yeah. That's really good advice. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, I, it's scary as hell, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have people to talk to about it. Like I, a lot of comedians, who are up there? I think comedians will always be willing to share their opinion and be like, "Do you have, you know, what did you think of this joke or that, you know?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that that was helpful with, with Deidre to be like, because we're different and we but we could help each other in th- those different ways, you know, like of of you know, like where could you go with this or is that too much or too little, you know? Just like mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard in your own head to figure out what to edit or what to where to stop or you know what I mean how to so it's it's really cool it's just a good process of finding that yeah absolutely and you've done a ton of stuff because you've also written for Reductress and Huffington Post comedy yeah and, yeah uh, and so it's really awesome I love Reductress uh, they're so great it's, it's, I can't get over how good they are like it's and I don't know every, every time it just never disappoints they're so good oh, I just, when yeah. they were starting out and I was like I have to be a part of this. And so I just emailed them and was like, how can I do this? And they said, just submit. And it's very open. And, and I think like anyone, if they want to write for them and you just have ideas and pitch them and then they're like, okay, you want to write this? Let's go for it. But it's so solid. They have such great writers and I'm so glad it's doing so well. Cause it's, it's mm-hmm. I don't know what you need right now without being, it's, it's just perfect. I don't know. I love it. So yeah, that was it is cool. perfect. Yeah. Cool yeah. Way. So that- so you pitch some ideas and then they just said like, yeah, we like this. And you, you write it yeah. out. Yeah. Like I pitched, I mean, I haven't done it consistently. I just did it for a little while and I want to get back into it. But, um, yeah, you just, I just had a bunch of ideas over the, the, like, it's just kind of, it could be onion, but it was more women, like women based, which was a lot mm-hmm. to more, it was just easier for me to get a hold of than even just onion articles. You know what I mean? The way you pitch yeah. that, but. And so I just, I send them a bunch of stuff and then they're like, okay, we like these. And then you just write it and just send it right back. And, um, 
and they look over it and like make sure you know they edit it for you a little bit but generally mm-hmm. it's your stuff and that's just on and it's really cool just to see it's a good turnaround and like a really good place for women to get a hold of that like it's a cool community too like reductress um writers are solid they all and they always have something cool going on um yeah so obviously doing comedy but like it could be stand-up or writing for shows like it's it's really cool so i'm yeah. excited to see where that goes more i mean i don't know but i will say to transition from this very serious I know. Conversation. Not- Thank you for sharing all that. But I will transition to talking about someone who seems from I've never met him, but uh, from some comments I've heard him make, I think he's a very commendable person. You work for Conan O'Brien. You work at Conan. I, I do. I work in casting at Conan. And mm-hmm. Conan, yeah, Conan was someone again to beyond like watching Seinfeld. He was my yeah my comedy like. God, at the time, you know, I'd stay up late and watch and, like, get yeah. in trouble with my parents a lot for I staying wonder, up. So we're both this way, because I, I had the same, and I wonder if it's just because we're from yeah. South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Where were you in high school? Because I had no one to talk to. They were like, oh. Same. Um, yeah. And did you did you have anyone that was interested in that same, in Conan or in Seinfeld the same way? Or was it, like... Uh, I did feel like I was kind of the only one. I mean, my one of my best friends did like Seinfeld, my cousin, like a bunch of people like Seinfeld. So there there was always someone to talk about Seinfeld with. I had no one to talk about Larry Sanders with. Yeah, and, exactly. And um, Conan, uh, when he had a, when he very first started, everyone knows that he kind of was a little rough around the edges. Yeah, uh, he was and yeah. starting out. But I got to love him pretty quickly, and I, I think it took a little longer for my brother to really start loving him, too. And so I even felt there. It was like I was the only one out there, the lone person who just, yeah. like, oh, Conan's awesome. I, yeah, I know. It feels like that. I know. I was trying to get my friends, and I mean, they did like comedy a lot, but I would just make them watch so many like just Conan um, episodes or like Comedy Central stand-up on Friday night. I'd be like, oh, we're going to watch this over and over. But, um, yeah, Conan, I just, I don't, I just connected so much with him and I just felt like in the beginning years of late night too, he was so original and crazy and like nothing else. And just, I don't know. I think that's what his, that was what he was good at too, connecting with a younger audience and being free and being himself, which I know came a lot from Letterman's influence, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have as much experience with Letterman. It was just more through, you know, Conan and, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just felt like. And it was just, I don't know, in my head, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to marry this guy. I'm going to, like, go. And I don't know. It, it wasn't even, like, in a at all, like, a sexual way. It was just, like, I just love him. And, like, he'll be like, oh, it's cool that you understand comedy. Like, because it just felt like I never people. <laughs> like, no one else as a woman understands comedy. It just it was funny. Um, and then, yeah, so when he, um, yeah, got the, I, I moved out a similar time to L.A. when he, um, when the sh- his show was coming over here, when the Tonight Show was, mm-hmm. and which that whole thing was crazy. I wasn't around for that, but just mm-hmm. I mean, I was you know around like reading about it, but not in the in the, in the company. But right. um, but the way he handled that too, I don't know. I was just like it was just still. Yeah, was I mean, gonna... he was already a top three hero of mine. Uh, oh, right? with, yeah, Tina like... Fey and Stephen Colbert, yeah. and and he were already my heroes, uh, and. Uh, just because I, especially with 
it was actually an episode of Late Night with Conan that Colbert was on that made me go, this Colbert guy's awesome. That's how I found out yeah. he was like Catholic and from South Carolina. So I was like, oh, I Charles, love this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, he had, a, and he had a very tough childhood too. Just like mm-hmm. reading back all he's been through. Oh, but gosh. I was yeah. to read. Yeah, I was like, when I found that out, it was exciting. I remember seeing him on Strangers with Candy. Did you ever watch that? I uh, didn't really watch that regularly. Yeah. I'd recommend, like, I just, that was a big thing when I saw him and a lot. I mean, Amy Sedaris was great, too. I remember, like, yeah. I guess, bigger influence than I remember. Um, mm. But being, like, yeah, very proud that he was from South Carolina. It mm-hmm. just always, so it was, yeah, and just following Conan and, and then always having the back of my mind, like, I love to work there. And I just was, like, maybe eventually, like, I was just kind of still in the self-doubt mood. It was before I started stand-up again. I was kind of doing improv UCB. Um, and I was working at DreamWorks Animation for a while, which is a great, it was a great experience, but I knew that that wasn't going to lead to what I wanted to do. Like it wasn't, I, there wasn't really a way at that time to do like TV comedy and still it's going to be more, um, kid oriented, but at that time they weren't really even doing TV now they're doing it more. But, Mm -hmm. and I just was like, I have to, if I want to do this, like I have to just, I saved up and I quit my job. And was like, I just, I don't know, I got to figure it out. And I just wrote for a while. And and then I tried to like, ask, I knew some people who worked at Conan, but every time I asked, they're like, it's kind of like a bubble and it's really hard to get in there. So, and I was like, well, what if I just interned? I don't, like, I don't care. I've, um, And so I interned there and just worked my ass off. And I was like, I just want to be here. You know, like, this is like, I just cared so much about it. And I think I, I'm glad I did it a little bit later because, if I were in college or something, I don't know if I would have appreciated it as much or worked as hard or, you know, like I still was, was Conan. So I would have definitely, but the same way, same way, like you, the way you work when you're like, I need to be here. I need to work, have a job. Here. No, like I've been trying you know, to take the advice that, um, he says he gives people of like, find the place that you want. That's making the type of stuff you want to make and get a job there, any job there. And I've been trying to do that here in New York, trying to work at late show, trying to work at, NBC and somewhere in Rockefeller, you know, and it's tough. It's it it's, is, yeah. So I was like, I know this. It sucks to not have income for a little while, but I did. I learned how to do taxes, and I did taxes on the side as a part time job during that season. So I'd intern, and then I'd go do taxes, and be like, okay, I'm going to do this, and um, and then yeah, I just kind of I did basically like the Conan quote of like working really hard and being nice to people. Like I was just very much. Well, coming from a genuine place, but also being like, I'm going to help everyone I can and work my butt off. And like, that's what all I can do. Like that's, and I just have to like hope something. And then something came open in casting. Um, and I was like, yes, whatever. Just, and then I, cause it's, it, you get to work with the writers a lot. Um, and it's casting for sketches. So it's not talent where you book guests, but anything in the first, like basically two acts where there's sketches, where there's, um, any actors that, you know, like aren't their sketch actors. So, um, but basically, yeah, like I got to work a lot and I still do with the writers and you just talk to them about what they want after they write a sketch. It goes, you know, like they write something goes to you and you're like, okay, what would you, what do you want? And you kind of go from your Rolodex of people. And that's a lot of using, um, like comedians and UCB type improv people in a certain type of comedy of like being more subtle, like that, you know, not so broad and big. So, um, that's why it kind of goes along well with that aspect. And you always like kind of look around for people, but, 
it, they always tend to go for people they can trust, like especially with live stuff. You're like, well, I know that person can do it. So it's just been really a great experience and um, to see the process working with them. And it really encouraged me when I was like got that job and found that security to branch out. And that's when I started doing stand up more and started writing more, you know, to be like, and I felt supported. Mm-hmm. Like I should go to the writers and be like, what do you think of this or get notes and like, and just have these long-term really good relationships with them and in a way where you want to like improve yourself, but also like just, you know, just, uh, like pick their brains too, which is really, it's a great place to be to, cause these guys are pros. Like I don't like there's yeah. no one else. I don't know. I think that, because they really push it and they really are so smart and um it's just i don't know it's just my favorite like a great environment for that i know it's it's a weird changing world and i know conan's trying to like find his way like an outside you know it's just, it's a different it's a different late night world so it's interesting mm-hmm. this will happen there too well he's really set up a good uh company for things outside of the show and, uh, you know, in these shows where he's going to different countries and different places are amazing. And I've been watching those and saying, I mean, he's the king of the remote yeah. to me, in my opinion. So and, good. Yeah. He's yeah. great for the water and being like this, this. Yeah. And he felt like, okay, I can relate to this guy. And mm-hmm. he is letting me into this world. So I think that's where I'd love to see him do more and more of that. And I know he's yeah. doing it. But, like, that's, I think, where he really shines. Like, no one else can do it, you know. Yeah, um, clueless gamer too. I mean, like post Conan, you know, post the talk show, he can do that stuff, and people will eat it up because it's so good. Yeah, um, you do work in a really great environment, just from what I've heard and from what you're saying. And um, I want to work in an environment like that. It's, it's so keep going, just do it. yeah. Even if it, I mean. I guess, my, yeah, my advice is to, I think there's always a way if you can, like, that's what the interning wasn't my favorite. And I think a lot of people wouldn't have, like, wasn't my favorite in the way of, like, having to be like, oh, I'm not going to get paid and that's okay. But just taking those risks and, I don't know, I think any way you can get in, like, I didn't have trouble with, after, like, I, it's not ideal to get paid, but I was like, this is what I have to do. And I have to see long term, mm-hmm. like, whatever I can do. That's um, how a lot of people get in those Yeah, I think you just have to be, it's, it's not be like, I'm too good for, like, getting coffee. I'm too good for this and that. You know what I mean? Because you just have to, I think the people who are best are still okay with, like, being at someone's service and, like, or uh, serving people or um, still doing their own thing but not being too good for anything. I don't know. I think that's what a lot of, sometimes even I see it sometimes in, in, in interns being, like, just not wanting you're like ah, that's like I I'm beyond that, and you're like no, no one's ever beyond that. Like even, you know, like uh, even the most successful people who've been doing this a long time are always in that that place yeah. of like how can I like make this better? And I'm I'm never too good for anything. You know, Your job is too small. Right, exactly. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting time. I'd like to see yeah what happens because I don't really have much insight being there, even of where the show's gonna go or what's gonna um what Conan's next path is, but I, I do like the way he's developing and, and the digital side is, is really great at Conan too. And so it's nice to have that engagement and stuff and help. It's, it's cool that like a whole new generation of, of people. I know it probably may, may not be the same scope of, of kids like that was for me and like staying up late on, you know, watching NBC at 1230. But yeah, I'd like to see him do that. I like the remotes with like Kevin Hart, just any remotes like that were so good. And so, were, yeah, 
right? Like those are the ones that went big and that people so really huge. Yeah, yeah. And like, it, they, yeah, they'd had to do a second one because they were so huge. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a interesting evolution of comedy. So we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited to see where that. I'm very like glad to be around that. It's just a great place to even hearing. And reading, I don't know, just reading and taking in everything every day. Like seeing rehearsal with Conan is very insightful just to see him work through stuff. And he's he and Andy are the smartest people. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. There's no one smarter to me. And, the, and Andy especially is surprised. Like, I don't know if he shows how smart he is all the time on the show, but he's great on Twitter. He's yeah, great. he is. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, they're both so, so smart and so quick. So it's like some of the best minds it's just so much fun to see them yeah work through stuff and learn and be like okay that's how i can get better at what i'm doing you know mm-hmm. or like taking it in and uh, so i think that really yeah training me like i'm working on writing on my own and stuff and hopefully like the next step would be writing for a living and writing on my own stuff you know but it's just that's a great training ground to be honest like with uh being around these these people and developing that with them and Bringing like hopefully a bringing a new female perspective like that's what my that's a really good time for that I'm very lucky mm-hmm. that that's <laughs> what people are liking right now so yeah that's what my my experience has been there it's just been I just, it's but every time I'm like I can't believe I'm here some days you know you're just like I can't believe and I was like a little girl and <laughs> you know that I actually made it here and watching this show got me through a lot of hard times you know like it sounds corny but I just remember being so depressed but being like at least I have that at the end of the night some nights and then. So now it's it's crazy to be working at a place like that that really helped me through. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I, I want to be in that kind of position. I want to work in that world. I want to I want to have your life. And Okay. <laughs> yeah, just come on so, to LA and do it. Yeah. Let's create something though for me here. So let's say I want to like I, I would love to work at a yeah. comedy show like Conan or Late Show or Fallon or whatever, you know. Uh, well, I, I say whatever, but they're like I know, four or I know. five that I really love. And um, yeah. <laughs> so I want to get some kind of job there, you know, do something, get better at writing comedy. What sort of s- steps would you suggest someone in my position should take? Um, I would say that being is like as visible as you can in the if we were here basically like just being as visible as you can with like UCB being around being um always performing and always out there because so much of it too is just being out in the world and and like even if you do a set some nights no one's there other times like people are there and they're like and then you just start talking to them and then developing those relationships and seeing it as like these long-term relationships that you don't know that will pay off like and then also just be willing again to like start from the bottom or help out or like look for any like opportunity to squeeze in. Like I, the way I was, I interned in there, but there could be ways like where you can be like, Oh, can I submit something? Can I submit a joke? I know it's different these days that you should be able to like submit jokes and stuff, but, um, or just like reach out to people too, like reach out to writers who you admire and just like continue to pick their brain without being, um, too annoying but like persistently aggressive is like but politely also like i've heard that term which is like politely aggressive um i think a lot of people too which i've been guilty of in the past is like losing track of people that could have like had something you know like the way that things will come up and you are like well whoever's around and whoever says 
like, you know, whoever like I can trust, but also like whoever is in touch a lot. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Did I just say always be like creating your own thing, but also it's such a relationship based thing and like being willing to help out and reach out and network. This podcast is great that you're doing that. It's like that, you know what I mean? That you're interviewing people and like nourishing those relationships, but also learning from them and also like, like educating other people who want to get into comedy. So that's really cool. Like anything in that world of, and it's a great way to like talk to people you might not have talked to before, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why I did it. It was so I could interview people and pick their brains. And then I was like, why don't I share that with other people who are like me? Exactly. And then it's a way to like, to be like, Oh, can we talk on a podcast versus like just being like, it's a little less, it feels more official and like you feel more comfortable than you would probably just being like, Oh, do you want to have coffee or something? You know what I mean? So it's like, it's nice mm-hmm. and you're going toward a bigger goal there. Yeah. So I don't know. I think, yeah. I, I'm not, I feel like I'm not great at networking because a lot of the people who are working in the late night comedy world that I've interacted with, or even the, the comedy world almost in general here are women. And, okay. um, like we will chat a little bit, but then at, at the end of the day, I'm still sending them a DM. And so it's like, are they weirded out by that? Like they don't say they are, they haven't blocked me, you know, like this. I thought they, they are. I don't, I think also I've learned that I, I do the same thing of like thinking a lot about it and being like, what does that mean and stuff? But I think it's just a lot of people just are, aren't thinking so much about you as they think, you know what I mean? I think they're, yeah. they're I don't think they're worried about anything. I think it's just staying persistent and coming about it from like, I just love comedy and this is what I want to do kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or, like having writing to show them too, you know, I think that's the best proof. I think a lot of people, especially these days are like, I want to do comedy for sure. And then you're like, okay, everyone seems to right now. So it's like, you have to have the goods to back it up or, you know, or just, and also just having, being really kind or helping other people as much as you can. Like, Mm -hmm. um, even if you, but doing it hopefully from an altruistic way, but like, you never know, like it's just this, the people who I know who are doing well and, can seem to always get jobs or people who are always helping others too. Like they don't necessarily see an end game or how that person can help them, but they just have this come from this place of how can I help people? Like that's the first thing I'm going to think of. How, what can I bring to them? And then, so it just comes back around. It's like giving that, it sounds very um, almost like naive and, and, and uh, idealistic, but it does. I mean, that's keeping yourself open to that or, you know what I mean? And I think that's I feel like you're on that track, but just like, it just takes one or two people to be like, okay, let's like read your stuff and let's see what we could do. You know, um, have you, you've, so you've reached out to people mm-hmm. and is there anything else that you're doing to interact with that, that same crew that you want to be a part of or are talking to are in the position of hiring or, you know what I mean? Corey Cavan, who's second guest yeah. on this podcast works at late show and I've been more friendly with him and uh, seen shows of his and stuff. But I just feel like I've been friendly with him, and then he got this job at Late Show. So I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't think I'm just like... <laughs> no, that's, yeah. Being that's the best. a weirdo. No, no, I know people... No, don't... I think it's like, you can't think too much about that stuff, too, because that, that'll, like, hold you mm-hmm. back in a way. I could take this advice myself, because I'm really bad mm-hmm. at, like, thinking too much and being like, no, it's fine. Like, I've grown um, to realize that I'm very neurotic. Yeah, and that's what's probably why you're really funny. But 
why I think that's why a lot of comedians and stuff need people to do things for, like have agents and stuff because like if they were up to having to like run their business, it'd be very tough. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> they hate me. I won't ask them. It's yeah, like, yeah, no, they just were telling me they love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they don't always have a very realistic view of themselves. So. <laughs> But in the beginning, yeah, it's making those. But I feel like you're on the right track with this for sure. Like I'm just staying in touch and being like, here's what I'm doing or here's what I'm bringing that's new and like are creating your own content. I think with um, like I started doing yeah sketches with Deidre Devlin and just I don't know just what we wanted to do and do our we didn't really go from like the used to be community or go from like a certain network. It was just kind of like we just wanted to do it and let's just do it and showing that we can and getting better. It's not, I mean, we still are getting better and better, but like, cause it takes, it's a learning curve, but it's also like you're making that effort and showing someone, here's what I can create, you know, like in mm -hmm. here. So which could lead to opportunities of being like, that's a very valued thing now to be a creator in a way of like, okay, they can see a whole vision and, and see it come through versus, um, I mean, writing is the same way that they can have like a full, full blown, um, vision as a writer too but just having that stuff to be like here's this instead of being like yeah i want to do comedy but here's what i've done and like what i can share with you or what i can bring to it or what a unique vision or or here my solid jokes you know mm -hmm. so i i could take my own advice too by doing more and more of that and like or like writing more often like honing that muscle but i think it really is now all the writers i've talked to at conan were they, at the beginning, they a lot of them started like in copywriting. It seems like like that was a way that they. I don't think that's the path now necessarily, but I think that that's like they had that writing skill, and I think they wanted to go into comedy writing. But that was just the most like kind of in between, like sensible way of being like I can write and be witty and use my stuff. Um, but then a lot of them just did the work all the time, and like one of the writers, Jose Arroyo, like I really bonded with him of just the way we, I don't know, like the way he went about things was, was very relatable to me of just, he would just write every day, like 50 jokes. It's a lot, but like you just get, and then submit like 10 to someone he could, or like start a blog. Another writer started a blog and had some all jokes or Twitter, you know what I mean? And I don't know the state of Twitter right now. I don't, it's very confusing if it's like, <laughs> popular or not anymore but i um <laughs> people people have a very strong including myself have a very strong love-hate relationship with know, twitter right and I, I i just kind of given up i just don't really try on twitter but um people who are really good at it are really good at it it's really good. but yeah any any ways that you can practice your craft and put it out there and then show it to people when it's ready like or when you meet someone like i think also i've met people just randomly, but I didn't have my stuff together or, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I wish I had been more prepared or, mm -hmm. but even then I think to submit or just to start that relationship because so much is relationship based and it's like long-term relationship based. So if you can't see that like, Oh, that person really can't help me out right now or but maybe in the future they will, you never know. Like, you know, like, right. you know, and I like just showing your stuff. Like I, with Jose, I, I showed a lot of my stuff over the years and then suddenly like he was like oh I had this idea for a project and so we've been kind of like developing something together so it's just you never know like I wouldn't be able to predict it and I didn't get in, in it for that reason but you just show up with your stuff and you're like maybe someone will um like it will think of me in that way but just like yeah but also you have a lot of control over it like just contacting people and like when we did our sketches we, I just I didn't know anyone in the world of um, 
publications and magazines and like not magazines, but like online sites and stuff. And I just would reach out and be like, here's what we did. Um, and you just send it to a bunch of people so people respond and then you develop relationships like that and you get some publicity there, you know, like our, mm-hmm. that's how I started getting our sketches on HuffPo and we just have a relationship with them. Now I'm being like, okay, like it's what we can do. And any, like little, little, little bit helps. I don't know. So, and also just having a lot of, I have a, different projects going on hopefully that one will happen you know what i mean just like doing <laughs> doing sketch doing like writing a pilot like just hopefully because so you just have that one thing that hits and that's all you need to like get you going and give you more uh heat or more like attention for that and some people mm-hmm. more seeing something else i don't know so anything in that like there's so many different ways to go but none of them are easy but they're <laughs> <laughs> but if you work hard and you're kind amazing yeah, things will happen like, I do and like come from the place of like how can I help this person and and it, it makes you feel better and and also it like long term it will come around somehow you know what I mean? it's hard to see <laughs> where times you're like why doesn't this happen now I've done this a lot but um I think everyone in the industry feels like that I don't think anyone's ever been like oh things just came to me so easily like it's very rare that it happens but I don't know is that helpful I hope yes Yes, there it is. Yeah. That was, I think, very helpful. So I appreciate this entire conversation. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is great. I'm glad you're from South Carolina and out in New York and doing it. It's very helpful and cool. Ah, thanks, Vanna. You're helpful and cool. And I hope everyone listening thought it was helpful and cool as well i i think you should have learned something from it and if you didn't learn something from this episode i blame you i'm kidding i'm (laughs) but i do hope that you enjoyed this episode nonetheless if you want to follow more of vanna's work you can you can check her out on her website vannadabney.com you can also check her out on instagram and twitter at vanna Wright. that's w-r-i-t-e and you can also check out her sketches and stuff she's done on youtube.com slash honest monster of course all the links are in the bio well folks we are back from thanksgiving and i hope you are back at it as well i hope if you were able to travel for your thanksgiving that you were able to reconnect back home and and just recharge your batteries and get back at it and and find your purpose again i think i did i i did want to read a lot more than i did i took two books with me and was like i'm gonna finish this book and i'm gonna start another book and i read like five pages but i'm back i'm back at it again i'm gonna i'm gonna keep going it's my goal finished one of these books by the end of the year you can you can still have the last month of the year to accomplish your new year's resolution right <laughs> last january or the you know beginning of the year january had a new year's resolution to read more do more and uh this is my last shot to get it right in 2017 <laughs> well folks i hope you enjoyed this don't forget you can follow us on twitter and facebook at there it is pod you can follow me at jason far jokes And also, we have a bonus episode coming up later on, so check that out. Be on the lookout for that. I will mention it on those accounts that I just mentioned. Well, folks, until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.